gentlemen, how are you doing? How are you living? Austin Cunningham and Justin Trace here to break down another week of NFL football, week two this time around. And it's a big episode for us here, too. This is episode 200. That's two zero zero. That's right. We have reached that 200 mark. Uh, incredible mark for us to reach. Honestly, we started off as a one day podcast a week. Now we go ahead and did two. I think now we're back to one. Life is crazy. We're just all over the place right now. But hey, we're going to get it figured out. But what we're going to do here and what we do best is bring you the most in-depth content of NFL football that we can. We try and give you the best fantasy tips, DFS tips as well. That's something I'm new to, but Trace is an absolute expert. Uh, I let him draft one of my fantasy football leagues this year because I had to miss it with other stuff going on in the evening. And this dude comes in and just drafts me the best lineup in the world with these guys. I'm in a new league, too. And they're like, man. You're just fucking tearing it up this year, bro. And I said, you're damn right I am. I haven't given any credit to Trees yet, but you better believe that I'm kicking ass in her. I figured you were, actually. So I was actually looking at that roster yesterday, uh, just from the screenshots I sent you. I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you're pretty fucking stacked everywhere, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Really, really good team. Um, I just accidentally started FaceTiming you. So sorry about that. You did. Um, I was like, why the hell am I getting a call? Yep, <laughs> That's why yep, I picked up yep. my phone here. What the yep. hell is going Let's on? See. Got you Kyler Murray. Uh, got you yep. Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon. Jones plays, yes, sir. you know, week two here in 30 minutes. So hopefully he has a better than week one. But Mixon was fantastic week two, or sorry, week one, average week two. McLaurin, great. Lockett, been fantastic. Booyah. Go- Goddard, we knew was hey, we 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 left tight end off. We we're just like, when to what we'll worry about everything else. Flex Cooper Cup, fantastic. Yes, sir. We got you Chris Jones, because this is an IDP league. Derwin James, Fred Warner, and then your bench, you have Odell who hasn't played yet. That's okay. Got you Chase Young, who's been or sorry, Chase Young, Jamar Chase. <laughs> Jamar Chase, who's been absolutely fantastic. Chenault, who's been a disappointment, but that's okay. Um, Mostert, unfortunate, out for the season. Sermon, by the end of the season, he will be the guy. Antonio yep. Brown, been fantastic. Didn't do much this week, but still fantastic so far. Pollard, been fantastic. And then that dude Justin scored Edwards. 22 and a half points on my bench. He might see more playing time than old uh, Joe Mixon, to be honest with you. Yeah. And then, and Paul, I mean, Edwards he's just now hurt. Yep. Um, and I've dropped him since then. But it's just Tony Pollard. Let's just get into that game. Cowboys versus Chargers here because like Tony Pollard looks so much more explosive than Ezekiel Elliott right now. Like I know their, their touches are kind of similar. But man, like when the ball's in his hands, it's just whew, he just gets such a jump in Zeke. It feels like he's taking a little bit to kind of get ready to rock and roll. I mean, that's how it was last year, too. Like, yeah, I, mean, I agree. Pollard's just a more explosive player right now. Like at this point in their careers, he just is. I mean, think about it. I mean, Zeke has how many thousands of carries more than him at this point in his career. Um, yeah. So, I mean, overall, yeah. I mean, that game was fantastic. Um, played out almost exactly the way I thought it was going to play out. Just I thought that the Chargers were going to have the last shot at the field goal to win it. Um, those teams are both so good. Like, they are yeah. both 
easily like playoff teams at this point in my eyes. If they can they, stay healthy, absolutely. Like Micah Parsons making the transition to edge. I think he said he hasn't played that since high school. It felt more natural to him, which is great for him. And, I mean, he was causing havoc all over the place, you know, in that game on Sunday. Just He yeah. was all up in the face of Justin Herbert. Yeah. And I don't want to be that guy, but the refs kind of stole that game from the Chargers. Oh, I'll be that guy. Like, anything the Chargers did positively, the refs were like, hey, uh, hold up a second. All right, let's, let me go ahead and take that back. Flag yeah. on the play. Yeah. These, these goddamn penalties for taunting in the NFL are just – Stupid. Oh my god! I've been trying to stay the one, on it. You, I, you and the one can't. player that didn't get it, and the one player that didn't get it, is Lamar Jackson. I'm not. I'm not going to be that guy to this situation because he had an incredible game, and I know we'll get into that later. But it was like you called all the tacky ones earlier in the day, and we got to this one. I was like, this dude just front flips in the end zone. He didn't get called. I'm glad that he didn't because he deserved to do it. But it was just like, man, this is just the inconsistency on the calls here in the NFL. I mean, they're not they're not calling it on celebrations. Like they're calling it like literally screaming in a player's face, it feels like. Because like to your point, they didn't call it on Lamar when he did the flip, but they didn't call it on Tyreek last week when he has a 75 yarder and he fucking moonwalked the final three yards into the end zone. Right. Oh, like there's no yeah, there's no there's no difference between flipping into the end zone literally running, stopping, turning around, looking at your defender and walking backwards into the end zone. There's literally absolutely no difference. The, right. the disrespect on both of them is an all-time high. <laughs> the disrespect. Speaking of disrespect, I got a lot of it last week from you uh, in terms of our player prop bets and our uh, game spread records. And if I'm looking at this correctly, <laughs> I won both this week, dog. You give me the old player's point spread, I want 6-0. and oh. Hey, in my defense, I said during that one, this one makes me nervous because you're so good at cheap stuff yep. that I was nervous about it. I did say that, but you did go 6-0. and oh. I went 5-1, and one, so I still got you by one. Just that Tyree Kill one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 9-3 and three and 10-2 and two on player prop bets is a very impressive number for both of us. Um, it's our, like we're good at this shit. Our spread, not so good. Not so good this so far. Um, well, it's it's the second week of the NFL. We don't know shit right now, you know? Totally. I feel like totally. everyone's having a hard time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in the end, I mean, again, we still have tonight's game, uh, Monday night game, but you're 17 and 14. I'm 16 and 15. So you got me by you got me by one no matter what because we both took Green Bay in this game. Yeah. Um, there were some so shots, man. Who's in the lead then over the first two weeks right now? I mean, we're. T I mean, if you did the two combined, we would be literally tied. Oh, but yeah. like, if, okay. if we're talking spread, like obviously mm -hmm. you have you have the one game point. You know, you have it. You have me yep. by one, and then I have you by one in the player props. So we'll just I talk mean, about the spread. That's it. This will be. This will be. <laughs> this is year three, right? Of us doing this. This is yep. going to be the first time you're heading into a week with the lead on me. Feels good. Flex it. Flex it. Yep. Hurry up. Take a picture before I cramp. So, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, <clears throat> props to you because there are some games that I was like, there is no way in hell this happens. Which games? Uh, the Raiders for starters. I did not think the Raiders were going to have a shot without 
Put some respect Jacobs. on their name, dog. Apparently. Um, <laughs> I did say, you know, I, I thought the Panthers one was questionable on your part. Um, given, you know, I'm a Panthers guy this year. So I, I'm happy that I was it wrong doesn't, on that one. It doesn't uh, seem like it. Every time we get time to make decisions about the Panthers, you go against them. Literally once. Actually, that's not true. Twice. I did it last week as well, but I was right last week. So, um, and you did in the division winner, which at the, is fair. Tom Brady looks like an MVP, and the, the Buccaneers are really good. Yeah, the Bucks are really, really good. <laughs> um, and honestly, I was shocked by the Bears one. But that was the other one that I was shocked on. I thought yep. the Bengals were going to be a lot better. So my thing with Chicago then for that game is I just figured like I loved what the Bengals did in week one, but I, I not necessarily that I thought it was a fluke, but I just figured the Bears with Andy Dalton, that offense would be would turning a little bit better. And they did. It was still kind of a close game. Um, but I figured that especially early in the season, like both of these teams are still trying to figure out who they are and what they're good at and what they're not. And I feel like Chicago maybe had a little bit more advancement in terms of quarterback play and just health as well. So. That was my reasoning on it. That's fair. That is fair. All right, cool. So we kind of talked about the Cowboys game, right? Um, yep. Really good game. I think both teams are going to be fine moving forward. Um, I'm just trying to think here. Um, CD Lamp, dude, that that last play, I don't know what NFL defenses are doing on these like last plays of the second half, but I feel like they all are playing it so soft. That like every time the teams almost score, like that yes. happens last, week one. I can't remember. Obviously, the Tyreek one from a few years ago was like the thing that kind of started this. I legit against the, thought, against the Cowboys. Against the Cowboys, <laughs> exactly. I legit thought the CD Lamb like just going and then pitching it to Zeke. I thought Zeke was going to dive in. I really did. I did too. If he would have had it in his right hand, I think he would have got it. But he tried, or maybe it was his left. Whatever hand it was in, he tried to switch, but he couldn't because he got shoved. But if you'd have had it in the correct hand for him to dive, I think he would have got it on the stretch. As I hiccup through that, excuse me, that fucking hurt. You're good. Oh. You're good. Um, the game was kind of interesting though because it was such a run-heavy game um, from the Cowboys. Like it wasn't this pass-happy team that I kind of thought we were going to the Cowboys were going to turn into. Obviously, week mm-hmm. one, you knew it was going to happen just because the Bucs are so good at defense at stopping the run. But because of that success, I kind of thought, okay, Dak's going to just become that dude that just throws it 50 times a game. Like, that's just going to be their game. That's the Cowboys' mentality. And it just honestly didn't really happen. Um, but like you said, Pollard looked great. Zeke looked much better than week one. Like, Zeke, even though he didn't get a ton of carries week one, didn't look great. I thought he still looked good this week. Again, doesn't look as he's as explosive just because Pollard is so explosive. Um, yep. But man, this team is just, it, they just have too many weapons. Like they just have too many. In their defense, it was nice to see the defense step up too this week. And granted, you're playing the Chargers, but hey, they got plenty of weapons all over the field as well. Like Mike Williams had a couple of big catches, he had a touchdown himself. Um, uh, Austin Eckler, excuse me, as I stutter my words there, didn't have an awful game. I mean, there were some times where he kind of burst through the hole. Um, and I thought he would not necessarily a difference maker, but it was kind of one of those deals where it's like, okay, hey, Austin Eckler can carry the, you know, be a workhorse here if need be. And granted, he only had 54 yards. But when they did run the ball, I felt like it was efficiently for him. So that, that's what I like to see out of it. And 
again, the defense for the Cowboys, like they were just able to step up. They were able to get pressure. They created turnovers when needed. And they just got to keep carrying off of that because that was the big question mark for Dallas in this year was one, can they stay healthy? And two, is this defense stepping up? Yeah, Eckler played fantastic. Yeah, only 54 rushing yards, but he only had nine carries. That's six yards to carry. You love mm-hmm. that. Plus, let's not forget that he also had nine catches. You know, like that's Austin yep. Eckler, right? Like he had he had 18 touches and it, it was fantastic, over 100 yards. Um, here's the thing. So Lombardi came over to be their OC this year, right? Um, he came yep. from, from the uh, New Orleans Saints. Everybody's like, oh, okay, Austin Eckler's going to, turn into Alvin Kamara, which honestly, I still think that is the case. And honestly, he's playing pretty damn well. Here's the thing though. Mike Williams has become that X receiver. That X receiver is Mike Thomas. Like Mike Williams is literally playing like Michael Thomas right now. If you watch his route tree, it's out routes, it's slants, it's hitches. Like, he, yeah, he, he, but he still does the fades now and now and then, which just Mike Thomas just really didn't. Mike Thomas is playing unreal week, weeks one and two. Mike Williams, yeah. And Riley, be yeah. sure to clip that shit because that's amazing. Because I didn't, I hadn't realized that. Riley, please clip that. I'd be very appreciative. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to demand anything out of the guy. I know he does a lot for us behind the scenes. So I really do appreciate him. 200 episodes in, a lot of what we do and the success we have would, I mean, this wouldn't be a thing if it wasn't for Mr. Riley O'Brien. So let's Agreed. give him his due Agreed. shout out right here, right now. Thank you, Riley. Agreed. I haven't seen I mean, that dude in a while. He's got a really pretty smile. Props to him. I don't know how he does it, but shit. Shit. Um, yeah. And then you still have Keenan Allen that can just go and do whatever. Um, yep. It was weird seeing him drop a couple this week because he dropped one last week too. Like I think la- the last two years, he had like two drops combined and he has like three already this year, which is super unlike him, but he goes for over a hundred yards again. Yeah. And back to Mike Williams, it's going to be nice to see what he can do if he can stay healthy for a full season too, because he's dealt with his back injuries you know, and everything else has kind of come up in his career through college and here into the NFL. But, man, if he can stay healthy as well as Keenan Allen, that's a terrifying duo with Austin Eckler underneath. And you have old-ass Jared Cook, a tight end, who is still somehow is making plays. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And this might make zero sense whatsoever, but it kind of does in my head. I think Mike Evans stays healthier this year. Because he's not just running fade routes where he has to jump up and land on his back all the time. Mike like, Williams. Is, did I say did I say Thomas again? <laughs> no, you said Evans. You're hitting every other Mike but Williams. <laughs> Mike Williams. Oh my goodness. There's too the many Chargers Mikes. kid. The I'm just Chargers. glad it's you and not me this time. Yeah, the Chargers kid, number 81, the big one that's really good <laughs> that went to Clemson. Yes, Mike Williams. I don't know if it makes any sense whatsoever. Like literally, it probably doesn't. But to no, me, it actually like, it, does it does a lot. I mean, now it's because like he's not having to jump. He's not, he's not jumping like six feet in the air and then going, hey, here's all this weight on my back with a defender as well. That makes a ton yeah. of sense. So now it's just an out route where he just gets pushed out of bounds. Doesn't you know, doesn't go down hitch route. You mainly just get wrapped up. Another guy comes and wraps you up. You don't even get tackled and then slants. Yeah, you're going to get hit. But like, I don't know. In my head, it kind of makes sense in, a, in this weird, weird way that shouldn't really make sense. But it does. So well, it does to me. So I guess we got the same weird mind. Yeah, I guess I guess so. I'm so I'm sorry. I'm just looking up Williams' stats from week one too because I can't remember him off the top of my head. So he had, 
eight catches for 82 yards and a touchdown on 12 targets. This week, seven catches on 10 targets, 91 yards. So 22 targets in two weeks. Tell me it's not Mike. Tell me that is not Michael Thomas of the Saints. Got it right. <laughs> oh, look at you go. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's hard to argue with that, especially when he's getting the touches that he is. And, yeah. and if you're any other team in the AFC West, you know, you better hope you have the secondary matched up with this team. Because yeah. if you don't, it's going to be a long game. Agreed. Agreed. And I do want to say this because I don't want this to. There have been other people on Twitter that have also said this as well. So I don't want to be like, oh, this is a Justin Treese idea. Like there have been people no, hey. actually in training. No, no, I'm, I'm not that Fuck guy. Them. It, in training camp, there were a few people that were like, hey, like he might turn into like he might if he's playing X, that means he's playing Michael Thomas's role in this offense. So um, not like I'm breaking any news there, but just for people that don't pay attention to that stuff all the time. So, um, OK, that's enough about this game. We talked about a lot. Uh, what game do you want to dive into next? Uh, your Broncos versus Jaguars game here. Yeah, uh, the Bron- uh, sorry, let's see here. The Jaguars are broken. Um, plain and simple, it's they're out of sync offensively. That it's just like you, it's weird. Uh, these receivers can't get open. Like Jones is getting open, but Shark and Laviska not getting open. They're just not. Um, it sucks because now it turns into Lawrence's interceptions, and now people just pay attention to the stats and they go, "Oh, the number one pick is throwing five interceptions when you it's not full context." Mm-hmm. Uh, why um the two interceptions from yesterday one of them kareem jackson just read it perfectly like honestly i thought it was like a huge play like he came out of literally nowhere and had a had a nice pick um so i'll just say hey the vet just won that one and then the certain pick i still don't know if his second foot got down before his butt went out yeah. of um it, it was or super his close. elbow yep yeah but i mean they called it an interception on the field. So I think that's more of what it is. And I mean, either way, great play. Um, rookie on or, rookie crime. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Trevor missed some throws that you're like, Hey, I don't think you should miss those. I'm he's saying the same thing, but also like zero separation from the receivers. Um, offensive scheme just needs to change a little bit. Honestly, I was happy with the defense. I mean, I know that Teddy had a pretty good day, but with the, how bad the offense was playing, the defense was putting some bad spots a lot. And they, they were holding their own. They kept this thing thing to a one and two score game the whole time. Like just given, given the offense opportunities. So, um, <clears throat> you know, when it's all said and done, still Owen two, uh, now at a set, now at a 17 game losing streak, um, what fifth or sixth longest in NFL history right now. So um, oh. what more, what more can you say? I mean, it's unfortunate. I've, I will say I've walked oh. away. I've walked away from both losses, not mad for a single second. Like literally I'm so numb to be, to losing that. Like it doesn't even hurt anymore. It doesn't hurt anymore. Dead serious. Like, I'm just like, okay, I'm cool. So sorry. Just, and I just move on like legit. Like I've there, I haven't even thought for a second about the game after it's been over. I've just been like, all right, cool. They lost. All right, move on. And I just start watching the next game. Like it's just how they are. I will say though, like there are some players on this team that I like, like there's something about it. And honestly, maybe it's even an urban thing that I'm just like, well, I know what, let's just see what he can do. Like, let's just, 
Urban, do your thing. Like, take over the whole thing. Like, he's been very like, hey, I need to trust these guys to like, they've been in the, in the NFL before. Like, I need to trust them. Maybe you just say, you go into full fuck it mode and just be like, all right, that didn't work. Let me just do it my way. If it doesn't work, then oh well. You know, like, I don't know. Like, I. At what point tough. do you think he reaches that mindset or just that mindset overcomes everything else where he's like, um, no, fuck you, fuck you. I'm the head coach. This is how we're going to do things. I hate losing. We're losing. We all suck collectively. Let's find a way to get better. Shut your mouth and listen to me. Uh, probably another like two weeks. I feel like it's getting close. He's already got a public statement out. Oh yeah. I mean, that was, I, so that's the funny thing is a public statement. It's literally post game interview. And now people make it a, a public statement. Like every coach talks at the end of the game. Jaguars just wrote it down and then posted it. Like, <laughs> did you see the uh, Falcons did one for Arthur Smith too? And the yeah. Jaguars Twitter was like, Hey, uh, don't copy my homework, but make it just a tad different. I freaking <laughs> die laughing when I saw totally. it. Almost crashed yeah. my car. Maybe don't yeah. be on your phone and drive. I didn't realize the light turned green. Yeah. Um, I will say like the Jags, they didn't make as many mental, still made some mental mistakes, which is what's costing them, but like not near as many as week one. So, mm-hmm. I mean, already, I think that's an improvement deep down. So first off Cardinals are going to fucking beat them by like 30 next week. Um, that's a Jaguars. Fact. Yeah. Yeah. Kyler Murray is going to maybe set the record for most fantasy points in a game. Like, legit. Um, But I will say, (laughs) week four, week four, they play the Bengals on Thursday night. Saying there's a chance? I think there is because it's such a short week that they're not going to overthink things and they have no choice but to just be as basic as possible. Like, game plan has to be as, you know, as normal basic as possible you don't overthink things and just like go out and play like you're not overthinking it i kind of like that um for them so it makes sense i also just feel like though the Bengals are gonna have the same mindset and they thousand percent talent yeah thousand percent but I think I don't even know. Like I, you're right. <laughs> that was you're such right. a long. That was such a long pause of you looking straight up, like, fuck. I mean, you're not wrong. Oh, you're but cracking I mean, me I, up. But it's the it's the Jaguars that are not playing fast. Like they're the ones exactly. Bengals. Bengals. That they're playing fast. They're just you know they're one and one. So um, I'm with you. Anyways, <clears throat> uh, speaking so. of a team that is kind of making the rounds and is being surprising, and they're one and one right now, the Houston Texans. It was a close game against the old Cleveland Browns. I know the Browns didn't have everyone playing. Their OBJ still not playing. Tyrod Taylor goes down with an injury. I think if that doesn't happen, this game could have been maybe a little bit tighter than it was. Because, yes, the Browns picked up a win. They lost last week. But they only lost by 10, the Houston Texans. 21 to 31. That's not right. Yes, it is. Okay. Math. Golly, I went to small school. Sometimes it's just hard. It doesn't click sometimes. But. I think if Tyrod Taylor doesn't go down, this game's maybe a different story because that running back by committee that the Houston Texans are rolling out with isn't its pretty shabby. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, and the Cleveland Browns, you had a close game against the Chiefs last week, and then you play the Texans this close. I wouldn't be too confident about that. Maybe that's just me, though. Yeah, I mean – 
not much more to say. I mean, it was a tie game at halftime when Tyrod went out. And then, I mean, it took a quarter and a half before David Mills could figure out what to do. Um, Mm -hmm. And I mean, still with six minutes left, it was a three point game. And then that's right. When Chubb ended up busting that like 25 yard or something like that uh, for a touchdown. So, I mean, Houston's just not as bad as what everybody thought. Like that's what it comes down to. Yeah, and I'm in that category. Like, and the thing is, like Nico Collins just went down with an injury. I think he's out for the next three to four weeks. Um, that was their primary receiver. It's just like, man, I don't know where this talent has come from. And I know it's an NFL team, and there's talent on every team, and it's just which one has the better playmakers, right? I didn't realize the Texans had the amount that they did. I don't know how long they can sustain this type of like this level of play. But it's something that's interesting and to keep an eye on moving forward. That's for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Tyrod needs to play. Like, that's what it comes down to. And obviously, every, everybody's saying this, but like, how good is this team is Desha- if Deshaun Watson's playing? I don't even know what to say about that situation. Like, I don't think we can because we just don't know. You know what <clears> I mean? I, I'm not even saying. Ignore the legal stuff. If Deshaun Watson could be playing right now, are they 2-0? Fuck. Probably. Possibly. It's hard. It's hard. Like You say this is with the Chiefs, too, but, like, it was that a Cleveland Browns team that was playing down with their opponent. Yeah. Well. You know? Like, hey – we just went toe-to-toe with the Chiefs. We lost, um, but we're easily going to win this game and then just, like, weren't as up for it as maybe they should have been. Obviously, and then talent just prevailed. Like, it was just like, yeah, we're just a better team. Um, yeah. Got the win. Doesn't matter. Doesn't doesn't have to be sexy, right? A win is a win. Like, you can win by 50 points or you can win by one point. It's still one win. It's not, it's not college. You know, like. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, You're exactly right. Um, another game that I wanted to get into and talk with you about, the Rams versus the Colts. What a game. I wonder what happens if Carson Wentz doesn't leave with an injury, though. And I feel like we've been saying that for years when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I mean, the Rams, they're 2-0. and That's a sloppy win. A win's a win, though. So, who freaking cares, right? But at the same time, Carson Wentz, 20 for 31, 247 yards and an interception. Wakes up this morning, he's got two sprained ankles. That is tough. I just have to wonder how he's walking around today. Is he doing the double limp? I tweeted this out. I don't know if you saw it, Trees. Is he doing the double limp? Has he got two boots on or is he in a wheelchair? Double limp because there's no way they're both the same level of pain. I think they're both pretty high, like very high ankle sprints. Even if they are, there's no way they both feel the same. So, um, so this I'll one hurts more them. than the other. <laughs> so I can I can take this pain on my right foot more than I can take the pain on my left foot, for example. But the whole time it's just like ah, ah, oh, for sure, ah, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like ow, fuck, ow, fuck, ow. <laughs> like that's what it is. So, um. It was a great game. It really was. It was very interesting to watch. Um, <clears throat> why the Colts went away from the running game with Jonathan Taylor 
was weird to me because he was just playing so well at the, on that like first opening drive or second drive. I can't remember. Um, ended up with only 15 carries and I do understand, you know, they got down, right. They got down. I think it might, I mean, not really. I mean, it, I was, I thought it was 10 zero and then they scored the touchdown, but it was, yeah. I mean, it was 10, three, six, three. Sorry. I'm just looking through the score. I mean, they were never down by more than seven points. I'm still, that makes me even more wonder why they got away from the running game. Um, I don't know. Like Colts, like you have a, you had like a legit chance of knocking them off being one and one, which would be tied in the AFC South for the division lead, just carry, let Jonathan carry you more. Um, it was nice to see that, um, you know, that Bible narrative that people talk about uh, still alive and well with Jonathan Wentz, or I mean, Jonathan Wentz, Carson Wentz and Michael. And you and names today, Bob. I'm struggling. I'm struggling today. Um, but yeah, 120 yards for Pittman, still alive and well. Um, yep. Oh, for the Rams, uh, I mean, you have a really good offense. Uh, rib cartilage injury for Henderson. Uh, sounds like they'll reevaluate him on Friday, a couple of days before the game. If not, it's going to be the Sony Michelle show on Sunday. I'm just surprised we haven't seen more of him yet with Sony Michelle. Yeah, it's been the Henderson show for a long time. But, I mean, Michelle looked good when he came in. He ended up having 10 carries and averaged almost five yards a carry. So yeah, it's showing that that scheme is that scheme is nice for them right now, especially for Sony Michelle, like you mentioned. Uh, let's get into another game here, though. Uh, the Buffalo Bills versus the Dolphins. I don't know how much we need to dive into this. Two Tango Bailoa goes down with another injury. You absolutely hate to see that. I would like to see what he could do for a full year being healthy. I think they're still waiting on results for the rib injury that he had, but Buffalo just absolutely, you know, made up for how they played last week against Pittsburgh Steelers, and they went, I think, thirty-five to nothing. Way to go. Like Josh Allen was like, okay, hey, last week was a fluke. Me and Stefan Diggs, we got this figured out. Honestly, Jonathan, I need to stop talking. Josh Allen, I said Jonathan, Josh Allen has not played well. What? Did you say Jonathan Allen again? No, I said it. I said, I almost said Jonathan Allen, and then I said Josh Allen. Josh Allen okay. <laughs> did not. Man. Get the names figured out. I am lost. (laughs) Josh Josh Allen, really not playing well after two weeks. Like, plain and simple. Like, he went 17 for 33 and averaged 5.4 yards an attempt. That's, I mean, to his defense. With an interception, and he was sacked, yeah. To his defense, I think he's faced probably the two best Defensive back rooms in the NFL or close to it, Steelers and Dolphins. Sure, there, there's probably some others in there that you're like, oh, these guys, yeah. can, they're at least in the argument, right? If it's not top two, so far, say, absolutely, they both in the top five. Let's just play it. Well, safe man, there. you better get it figured out because next week they play Washington and the Texans, you can ignore that. Then the Chiefs, Titans, and you go Dolphins again, and then you get the Jaguars. So they don't the play Jets. the Chiefs till week five. Mm hmm. For some reason, I thought it was like week three or four or four. I thought it was week four. So, okay. Um, yeah, they got to figure it. He's, he'll, he's got to figure it out. But again, I think that easy, easier schedule. So we'll see. Um, uh, Manuel Sanders, Manuel Sanders plays a lot of snaps. Dude's old. It's starting to catch up to him. 
yeah, I don't know why everyone's like, oh man, get this guy on fantasy. He's gonna he's gonna make some noise. He's gonna be a good route runner. He's I mean, he is. Who cares at this point? Like they need another, like Gabriel Davis should be the guy. Emmanuel Sanders should not be taking any reps or targets away from Gabriel Davis at all. Yeah. I mean, Davis was hurt this week. Um, did play, I mean, was active, but didn't actually really play. Um but I agree. I mean, but Sanders is going to continue to play a ton of snaps. I have him on a fantasy team strictly because of that. You have a team that's going to throw a shit ton and he's playing all the snaps. Like, you know, you have the opportunity there. So yeah, makes we'll see. Um, as for Tua, it does sound like it's day to day. I hope he comes back. I hope that, I mean, Max misses one game, hopefully no games, plays the Raiders next week um, afternoon game. So we'll see how it plays out. Uh, another game that I, I don't know if you watched. I didn't watch a lick of it, to be completely honest with you, and I, I don't really care to at this point. But the 49ers versus the Philadelphia Eagles, what were your thoughts on that? It looked like Jalen Hurts had a pretty good game as well. I saw the 97-yard bomb that he had got caught just before the end zone. But, I mean, it, what it seems like just kind of doing the box score and a little bit of clips that I saw from the entire game was that the 49ers offense was just kind of clicking down the field. Like, it wasn't anything spectacular. It wasn't anything sexy. They just got the job done. Yeah, I actually watched quite a bit of this game. Fantasy purposes, I was, I was facing George Kittle quite a bit, and then I have Devo in a lot of leagues, so I did pay attention to this. Uh, Jimmy G looking pretty – I mean, looking like what he did their Super Bowl year. You know, like very basic game, basic script, and just, you know, makes the completions when you need to. Um, yeah, for Eagles' side, it's running – this run offense is going to be the key to the Eagles. Um I love their scheme that they do. Like, it's a very good scheme. Um, their, their receivers are great route runners. Like, the Watkins, Rager, uh, obviously, Devontae Smith. You have the tight ends that are savvy. Like, I actually like the offensive skill weapons on the Eagles. Um, I'm, it was a little shocking that they ended up only with 11 points, and it's just because they tried just weird shit. Like, they had a chance to score – they tried a Philly special again. And the Niners were ready for it. And, you know, like yeah. that, just that, just that type of stuff where I'm like, yeah, you guys just outsmarted yourself. You were on the three yard line. Like you just, you have a huge running quarterback, just go, you know, like yeah, pound literally, the rock. literally do what, sorry, what Lamar Jackson did last night on fourth down. Right. Like literally as like, don't be sorry. Strict. Just be, do strict. you want to get into so, that game next? I feel like we've touched up on yeah. almost every other game. I do. Um, I do. Sorry. Let me finish this though. Um, Debo Samuel is no doubt 100% the number one weapon on this Niners offense now. Like, he has passed George Kittle. Ayuk's not coming back to be that number one option this year. Um, Ayuk's going to improve a lot, and he's going to be very, he's still going to have a good year. Debo is going to be the number one option moving forward. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. Oh, and they're, they're trying out all these running backs because literally every running back got hurt for the Niners. Like, I was going to say, I'm looking at the rushing, and it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven different people had rushing attempts. And you take Mitchell, away the fullback and Mitchell, the quarterback. Mitchell had a stinger, left the game. Ha- Hasty has a high ankle sprain out for four weeks. Sermon, one carry, got concussed. Um, yeah, <laughs> like that's it. Mitchell, they're hoping I mean, to come back, but – they're trying out TJ Yeldon this week. And I have always said TJ Yeldon is a perfect fit for a Kyle Shanahan offense. Like even when he's he still in the league. Yeah. He's a free agent. 
Like he's been with the, uh, the bills the last couple of years. Um, he, just his play style was always like, I know what, like it could work for this like zone rushing scheme mm-hmm. and he's a great pass catcher. So we'll, we'll see if they end up signing anybody. I mean, they have to sign somebody. I mean, Sermon's most likely out. Mostert's obviously out. Hasty's already announced out. Like you literally already have Mitchell. Um, and they signed the cannon kid from, was it from Baltimore or something like that? Um, last week. So I don't remember what team it's from, but yeah, I do remember them. Yeah. Picking it was either, up, but. it was either Oakland or the Ravens. Cause they talked about it on Monday night of how he was active and I can't remember, but yeah, I think it might've been the Raiders actually. Um, so now to enter the chiefs Ravens game. Hey, just got to give a round of applause to the Ravens. I mean, they, they played a complete game. Their defense that got stops when it needed to um, the chiefs had two turnovers defensively. The pick six, I think helped out a lot to start the game. And that was awesome. But after that, they just didn't have an answer for the Ravens. I mean, just anything the Ravens wanted to do in terms of running the ball, they got away with. When the Chiefs were able to slow down the running game enough and put them on third down, it was like, okay, hey, now you have an opportunity to force them into a pass. And I feel like they were fine in those situations. But then it was like you would leave Mark Andrews wide open underneath. Or, you know, you'd have like a Sammy Watkins come by and he's open. It was just like, God dang it. Like, can we slow somebody down in one way or another? And when you get to the end of the game like that, and you do have a turnover, and you don't capitalize of, off of it as an offense, uh, yeah, it's probably going to cost you later on, and it did. And the Ravens, again, I'm not taking anything away. They should have lost this game. I feel like everyone can agree with that statement. They're beat up. They don't have a guy. Their Ronnie Stanley was not playing left tackle. Andre Villanueva, I know he played there for forever when he was with the Steelers, and last week playing right tackle, it was not very good. He had a crazy statement about the difference of going from left tackle to right tackle. But the thing is, it made sense, so I get it. He looked much better at left tackle. He's I don't know what they're going to do with him now because Ronnie Stanley is going to be coming back at some point this season. And just all in all, the Ravens were able to run the ball right down the Chiefs' throat. Back-to-back weeks, that's happened to the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Now, maybe this is, again, kind of what you said earlier, Trees, with you know Josh Allen facing the certain defenses, pretty good secondaries. Maybe this is it for the Chiefs' defenses. You played – two of maybe the top three running offenses in the NFL and you play the Tennessee Titans later this year. So maybe you have something figured out by then. You don't have to worry about Derrick Henry just absolutely annihilating you like he did the Seattle Seahawks defense in the second half of that football game to lead them to a victory. Just absolute props to him too. Um, But like Kansas City, it's so frustrating that this is how you lose the game. And on offense, let's just get to that last play, the fumble. I feel like everyone's overreacting to why would you take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands and run it with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire there? Like, that's just Andy Reid being scared. That's not Andy Reid being scared at all. That's exactly what I would have done. That's what everyone was saying on Twitter right before the turnover. Get down the field, kill the clock, use as much of it as you can, and then kick a field goal and leave here with the with the two-point victory. That's it. That's what they were doing. It's not his fault that Owe, the rookie uh, for the Baltimore Ravens, number 99 out of Penn State, the kid who's just completely just has so much speed and made two plays last night that helped the Ravens win that football game. It was the sack on Patrick Mahomes where he forced the interception and the forced fumble that he had. That was the game. That was the difference there. Trees, do you know how to say his name? Is it Odafe Owe? Yes. Odafe Owe. Okay. Yeah. It used to be Jason. Right. He changed his yes, name. Yep. So that was his name. He changed it to Jason during college. And now he's like, well, no, I'm a pro. I want people to just learn how to say my name. 
Yeah, so, and I want to make sure that I say it right because he deserves all the praise. Odafeo oh, way. Yes, that is the way that I believe he pronounced it. I mean, he had one, you know, right, right when he got drafted by the Ravens, mm-hmm. he said it, and he said it a couple of times so people knew it. I think that's that's the way I've been pronouncing it. So, yeah. Okay, sweet. So if I'm wrong, please correct me, but just know I am trying because he deserves the respect, and he was the reason why the Ravens won that game too. For the Chiefs, it sucks that you have another running back that wears the number 25 and loses a fumble at the end of a game that cost you a win. It sucks. It happened with Jamal Charles against the Denver Broncos one year, and I remember watching it right before I graduated high school, and I almost cried because you could have beat Peyton Manning and you fucked it up. That's in the past. We're here now, but it just it reminded me of that moment. Now, for Kansas City looking forward, not going to re- overreact, okay? You've played two great running offenses. That's primarily what they do. They're very good at it for a reason. Their division's going to be tough. And now if you're Kansas City, it's like don't overlook the passing game on defense and focus on the run when you're getting ready to go face the Chargers. Because if you completely just focus on the run and your assignment's there and all of a sudden you don't start discussing all these passing schemes and what the Chargers are going to do, they're going to light you up. And then we're going to come here again next week, and I'm going to be pissed off that the Chiefs are 1-2. and They've been ran all over, and their defense was thrown on like they're just not even there. I hope that doesn't happen. It better not. But – we don't know. Again, Chris Jones, or not again, but another thing, Chris Jones, you can't have him standing outside like that. He cannot be playing defensive end in a primetime game against the Ravens and have him guessing who has the ball. He's not quick enough physically to get there. He, he might be able to see it, but he's not getting there physically. And that's not like a knock on him. It comes off that way for sure, but like that's not what he's good at. You just need him to rush after the quarterback or just tear shit up in, from the inside. Don't be nasty, but it's just like you could have put a guy in a better position there. And I feel like you just left Chris Jones out to dry several times this game. That's all you got. Should I add more? No, I just was making sure that you were done. Yeah, I've had. a. I mean, last night, if you'd asked me last night, I was pissed. Yeah, I drank a couple extra beers before I went to bed. So nice. Nice. Um, so, I mean. I tweeted it out. I mean, they're one very uncharacteristic fumble from Chubb away from being 0-2, which would be a three-game losing streak for this team going back to last year. Like, that's that's shocking, though, right? Because, like, we're, t- we're legit, them included, we're talking 20-0. and mm-hmm. Like. I was, too. They were legit I mean, talking 20 and 0, and like there's a chance that like you were very this close to losing three games in a row. Like and it felt that way in the, at the beginning or middle of that game, too, against the Ravens. Like it felt like the Chiefs had just blown them out of the water. And that yeah. defense just it, it just in its props to the Ravens. They just kept matriculating the ball down the field. Totally. That's for the sure. line from the Chiefs, 65 toss power trap. Yeah, that's right. And it came back to bite them. I mean, the Ravens just did what everyone says is a blueprint to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the thing is, I don't know how many other teams in the NFL can do that successfully. Not very many. Not very many. That's the thing, right? Um, and yep. this is not me knocking the Chiefs. I legit still think that they are the top team in the AFC, right? Or yeah. at least top two. Um, what I thought the biggest difference was, was Mark Andrews. Going into right before halftime, you guys had a chance to knock 
Mark Andrews down. They didn't have any timeouts left. Basically would have ended the half. He hurtled over the dude and then dove out of bounds and stopped that clock with like 25 seconds left. And then they end up getting another big play by Lamar. And then they went and spiked it and got a field goal. Not put it to a four yep. point game at halftime instead of a seven point game. Because then the chart or the chargers, the chiefs, you know what, within two minutes, Went down and in scored. In the second half, yeah. In the second half. Like, it would have been a 14-point game, not an 11-point game. Huge thing mentally of being down, you know, like, hey, we don't need two touchdowns. We just need a field goal and a touchdown, you know? Like, yep. I just thought that was such a big play and such a huge play by Andrews. Um, that play just – when I thought about it today, I was like, that really sticks out to me. I was like, yep. uh, I kind of forgot about that until you brought it up. And I mean, I knew the Chiefs had lost the game when I saw Harbaugh le- legitimately go, Lamar, Lamar. You, you want to go, go for it. it? Let's do it. Like I saw that live, and I just said, "I'm in my living room by myself. I'm sitting on the floor at this point because I'm stressed." And I'm like, "Just get one more fucking stop. That's all you got to do." And I saw that, and I was like, "They just lost this game." Said it out loud to myself. They lost. That's it. Every team should be going for it in that situation. Like no yeah, matter what. I get people say it's a ballsy call, and like there's the other argument of like, well, that's what you have to do in a situation. Like it's truthfully, I mean, both are true. In this situation, it like is that's way a more, very ballsy call, but like, yes, it's what you got to do to beat the Chiefs. It is way more ballsy to not go for it than go for it. And that's a fact. It's way more ballsy to go and tell your defense to stop Patrick Mahomes one more time. With a minute 11 left and no timeouts. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to kill you it. in that situation. If, yep. If, if there is more than 10 seconds on the clock, it's way more ballsy. Like plain and simple, like yep. literally like, unless you're like, Hey, he has to throw a Hail Mary. We can stop that. But like, if you're like, he gets a chance to come up with three or four plays, like, and he has plenty of time to do it. Hell no. No, thanks. Him, him and Tom Brady. <laughs> hell fuck no. That. Fuck that. I will take my chances on my offense of just making one play. Like, cause if you don't get it and they end up kicking a field goal and winning, guess what? The outcome's the same. Cause they were going to get the ball and you were going to just watch him destroy your defense and then do that. Like it hurts way. It hurts way more when you take it out of your offensive hands. Absolutely. Completely agree with that. Um, let's talk about CEH for a little bit. Okay. So I don't care that he fumbled. Like it was a fantastic play. Running backs fumble it. It happens. Give credit where it's due. Yep. Like, I, like, has nothing to do with this. <clears throat> Sorry. Every time I watch the Chiefs play, and when I say every time, I mean the two weeks this year, um, <laughs> I feel like there's a huge gap, and he runs the opposite way. <laughs> you ain't wrong, bro. Like, he does not have the vision that was everybody if it's not everybody a, that was a ceh guy yeah. everybody that was a ceh guy for the record you and i were not like from that standpoint right like he was not our number one or number two running backs yep. um mine went jk dobbins jonathan taylor like yours i can't remember but i remember what i remember ceh was like third or fourth on that list yep. when we talked I think about I went it. deandre swift jonathan taylor yeah so um, I did have CH above Swift and mine was just because of the knee history with Swift. Um, but it's not looking good. Like 
It's not. And when you ha- when when you bring in Daryl Williams to then be your goal line back, I'm like, okay, so Daryl Williams is your goal line back now. He comes in on a lot of third downs for pass protection. It's like mm-hmm. CEH gets when they when they run it, the first and second down work. Mm-hmm. But like that's really about it. I mean, it's a it's a tough thing to swallow, like when you know there's still other needs on this team and you took him in the first round. Yep. Um, I feel like the, the thing with Clyde Edwards right now is that he's not getting the reps in game to understand his mistakes and the mistakes that he make come in bigger moments because they go to him and those like, does that make sense? What I'm saying? Like, I'm not one to make excuses for him, but it's like, Hey, we're not going to give you very many touches throughout the game. You're not going to really get anything rolling, but when we need you at this big time, make it happen. And it's like, well, shit. Uh, okay. And yes, he's a pro. He's a first round draft pick. He should be ready for that. I get it. Some guys just aren't. And if that's the case, then yeah, they messed up that draft pick big time. But I also think it's one of those deals where they're just not using him in the offense very much. Like the running games, like, yes, there are times where he hits the hole and it's like, that's the right one. Good job. There's six yards. There's other times where it's like, hey, if you just look left a little bit, there's a massive hole over there that you could drive you and your vehicle along with the U-Haul trailer through, and you're not seeing it. So that's been frustrating as well. I think if we've seen the same image, trees, um, I know exactly what you're talking about, if that's kind of what you're going off of in terms of that. But like even last night, I just felt like there were several times too. Like Granted, he didn't get a ton of carries, but it's just like, man, just like look, look a different direction and hit that way. Because the fumble, it was he was in the middle of a juke, but I don't understand why when you're doing a juke, if you're losing, like you're lightening the grip on the football. Like I feel like you would want to tuck it in tighter if you're going to be adjusting, like if you're jumping. Like I, I, I don't feel like I ever jump and I extend outwards. I feel like when I jump, I come in. Maybe, I that, maybe I'm just putting way too much thought in <clears throat> Yeah, but I don't – was just. I, I'm like doing the motion. I'm like, no, I think I would have like, if I was because he was putting his left foot into the ground, trying to go right. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, if I, as soon as I start going right, like your arms come last, yeah. right? like your body goes and then your limbs follow, you know? Yes. We're both yep. doing the motions right yeah. now. Um, so for me though, like, I mean, he's at, he's only averaging three yards a carry this year, like actually 3.3. Like, do you, or not, do you have his stats? How many carries has he had? 27. Well, okay. I mean, he had, he had thir- he had fourteen week one and thirteen yesterday. Yeah, he had forty one and forty six yards. He has eighty seven yards. It's three point three yards a carry. It's not bad, but it ain't good. No, it's pretty bad. I mean, we're two weeks into the season, and like, no, I'm I, I agree. Yeah. I, I'm not saying he can't turn it around. I'm just saying, like, and honestly, that's not all on CEH. I'm also saying like, is this offensive line built for pass protection and not run blocking, which is weird because like, because run blocking is so much easier, quote unquote easier. Uh, But like, is it just like, Hey, we practice so many passing plays that we're like way more comfortable just pass blocking than we are Mm -hmm. run blocking. Like, I I don't know. Right. Like I think they are a bigger offensive line in terms of like the average height and weight for the chiefs. It's like an almost another 50 pounds in weight and another two or three inches in height, like the average from the other five starters from last year. 
what happens when like because that's trey smith right uh like you don't have him like does that change because that dude's huge right uh trey smith and orlando brown like orlando brown's like six eight and lucas nying i think is six six or six seven so like all three of those guys are massive 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 yeah so um i mean it just shows how important i know we're talking about this game for way too long everybody but it just shows how important tyree kill is to this offense yeah I mean, it 100% does. And the Ravens did a good job of taking him away last night. And that's where the reason why I took the under on him in this matchup is because, hey, we just watched him completely tear apart the Cleveland Browns for 11 receptions and 197 yards. He ain't about to do that to us. I don't know why I said it like that. He's not about to do that to us is what the Ravens mindset was. And he's burnt them several times in the past by, you know, getting those deep shots. They didn't allow that last night. They almost allowed everyone else to beat them including Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle, who both had touchdowns. Yep. So it's, it's tough. It's frustrating, but there's a lot of season left for just to be optimistic and what to look forward to with the chiefs. There's a lot of season left. There's a lot to be excited about still. Clearly they got things to figure out, but if you remember that 2019 season, the year they won the super bowl, we were freaking out about week seven, week eight, Patrick Mahomes is going down with an injury. You're losing to the Tennessee Titans. They come back and get a late game drive. You're losing silly games. The defense didn't look good. Hey, your leaders are back this game. It's going to be fine. Just relax. Let them figure it out. They're leaders for a reason. Just give them some time. Now, if you're the Baltimore Ravens, and I'm not trying to sound like Chiefs Homer, I wonder if that was your Super Bowl. Because the way they celebrated, I know it's been a long time coming for Lamar Jackson to finally beat the Chiefs. And Patrick Mahomes, that storyline was all over the place. You know, Patrick Mahomes hasn't thrown a single interception. He hasn't lost a game in the month of September in his entire career, starting as a quarterback. He's beaten Lamar Jackson. They've got the better hand. Like, Lamar Jackson can't beat the Chiefs. That's his kryptonite. He canceled all of that noise last night, and so did the Ravens. Now my thing is, like, with the injuries that you're dealing with and the defense being beat up too, can they live up to that again? Or is that, like, the peak of we did it? We fucking beat the chiefs do they continue to ride off of that or do they just start to stall i think they rise off of it but i also think it sure helps that they play the lions next week yeah for sure, for sure. <laughs> right because even if they have a letdown they play the lions next week so i mean yeah. honestly it's a perfect matchup after a chiefs win like you can play down to your opponent a little bit and still win but then they got the broncos and then the colts and then the chargers I mean, just looking at all these schedules, because there are so many pretty damn good teams right now, and some that we just we think are good that maybe aren't really good. It's hard to tell after two weeks. I mean, just looking at the Chiefs, man, like they have the Chargers this week, and then then they have the Eagles, who are a great running team. Like, you're going to have the same problems there. Um, and then you have the Bills, and you know the Bills want revenge off of the AFC Championship game. Like, you have three games right there. And then you have Washington, who has the best pass rush, which we all know what happened in the Super Bowl, right? So, yep. like, you have four very, very tough games. I mean, shit, you have the Titans after that. You have very, you have five very tough games. And, and, and I think the, I, the Bills, I think the Chiefs still probably walk away because they're so good. I'm going to say they walk away four and one in those five games. I still believe that. But So like, they're sitting at five and two then at that point in the year is that what you're saying yeah yeah which i think any chiefs fan would take that 100 i mean it, again especially this early in the season 
like the New England Patriots with Tom Brady when they were winning Super Bowls. The beginning of the year wasn't pretty. It wasn't sexy. Not everything was clicking. It takes a little bit. There's a lot of new things on this Chiefs team, including the defense. You got to get it figured out, and that's fine. That stat um, that they showed during the game, which I had no idea, was very concerning about their red zone defense. Yep. That's a that's a very concerning stat. So, anyways. Well, I also look at it as when teams are getting in the red zone for them, they're at like the, the two or three yard line already. Because yeah. it's not like they've marched from the 20 to there. It's like they had a big play, so they got from like the 35 to the four or five yard line. And it's like, let's just punch it in on the run. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know uh, granted, Latavius, yeah, Latavius Murray, granted, last night, I think, had like a 15-yard or 10, 15-yard run where he just sliced through all of them and scored, which was pretty aggravating. But I don't feel like there's been any of those, like, hey, you're at the 19 or 18 and scoring from there. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, Le'Veon Bell is never going to see the field. He is going to be a practice squad player the entire year. He should be. Like he did. He's done nothing to prove that he's an elite back in the NFL anymore. He didn't yeah, do anything like, last year for the Chiefs. Totally. But, like, Freeman looks good in that offense. Like, the speed that he has. Like, they are clearly going for speed. Like, they're running, mm-hmm. these, right? Williams, Freeman, speed. Murray's not fast anymore, but he is a north and south runner that it's just like, hand me the ball. I'm going straight. If it's my my offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, I'm just running over him. Like, I'm just going yep. straight, you know? And, like, it works. Um, I kind of like that four-headed monster with Lamar Jackson for the Ravens. Like it's, it's, it honestly looks really good. Um, And I can only imagine what JK like sucks of the injury. Right. I can only imagine what JK Dobbins would be doing in this offense right now. Like it'd be terrifying. It would be absolutely terrifying. terrifying. Yeah. So, all right. Okay. We just literally talked about that chiefs game for 25 minutes. Um, So that was, yeah, we did. Um, (laughs) But that does it for us. So we'll be back later this week. We'll do some more spreads. Uh, now that Austin and I both will be back this week, we will dive into some fantasy DFS plays. I've kind of been throwing out just names. We're actually going to make some lineups next week or next episode. It's going to be a good time. We appreciate y'all. And tonight we've been talking football.